What's up, you guys? It's me. It's Mackin. My name's Mackin. This is my podcast. It's called Happy Sad Talk Thing. Basically, it is a conversation show between individuals. It's a little bit of a thought catalog of mine, and uh, it's mainly just a way for me to get to know my friends better, make some new friends, uh, get inside people's heads, see what the heck is going on in there, you know, kind of see what makes them tick, what makes them happy and sad, if you will. Uh, thoughts and feelings, you know, relationships, self-care, creativity, uh, you know, humanity, uh, big stuff, small stuff, smart stuff, dumb stuff, all this stuff. Who knows? It's free form as well. Uh, and so, you know, if you kind of like loose, uh, sometimes intimate, sometimes silly conversations, bam, welcome to the place for you. Uh, it's here. Welcome to here. Welcome to here, guys. This is Happy Step Talk thing. And uh, yeah, a little bit of a check in with me. How am I doing? I'm at my parents' house. My parents are not here. It is nice to be in a home. I like my apartment where I live, but it's nice to be in a home. Um, a little spooky. My parents kind of live up in the hills, and uh, it's so quiet here. And I just turned off their ice machine uh, that was making all this noise so I could record. And then I was like, oh, fuck, it's very quiet. <laughs> uh, interesting. I always grew up in like by streets with cars and stuff, you know, and the PCH isn't too far from from here. So I, I usually hear that during the day. It's pretty quiet right now. It's pretty creepy. Uh, benefits of being in your house by yourself. You can walk around naked. End of list. <laughs> no, it's nice. You can put shit in places and you know it's not going to be in anyone's way. And also, if you see some shit, you're like, oh, I put that there. And you're not like, who the fuck put this here? You're like, oh, yeah, it was me. Um, I'm on a little bit of a personal retreat I'm treating this as. Just like, well, I'm house-sitting my from my parents' house while they're out of town, but I uh, was in need of a little bit of healing prior to this. I was, uh, as I told every single fucking person that I saw in the last two weeks, I've been playing a shit ton of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Guys, it's the greatest game of all time. Uh, everyone said that before that. I knew that. I actually owned a copy of this game when it came out, uh, for the Wii U back in, back in that day when that console came out. What a weird fucking transitional piece of technology that was post Wii pre-Switch. Um, that was the console it was on and it sat on my desk for two years because I knew it was a pit of darkness and I wasn't fully wrong. Uh, it was just all so awesome. <laughs> so it, it was my junior year of college when I got that and I've been out for like a year and a half now. And, uh, yeah, man. Uh, I'm definitely glad I didn't play it at that time in my life. That was a very busy time of my life. And I was, uh, I was also living alone. So I was also probably walking around naked, but I, I would have fallen into a, a deep, deep hole. Not that I wasn't, you know, doing uh, dumb stuff at that time, wasting my time. Um, but I, uh, you know, I was in school, and I feel like I was 
making making stuff you know and really getting into it um yeah and anyways so i fucking i've been it's just it's such a crazy experience to really like really lose your autonomy you know it's so wild um it definitely gives me (laughs) sympathy for people in my life who have uh like honestly substance abuse issues you know because i would sit down on the couch that's at maybe 8 p.m you know and then uh maybe my roommates would be around we'd kind of be talking hanging out i'd be playing this game it's like an open world game similar to grand theft auto or skyrim or something but it's legend of fucking zelda and so you have like this freedom in this game but you also have this control and you also have this like rich storyline you have all these quests you know what's expected of you you don't really have to think about what you want from your life whether or not your real life has any meaning or purpose (laughs) whether or not you're uh you know doing the right stuff in your day like pursuing your goals all of that shit walking through the fear of that which is what you have to do as an adult particularly as a freelancer when you're sort of like defining your your day-to-day and you're your own boss and stuff that's fucking hard man and i uh i chose to play this game and i knew i was like okay there are three paths one play this game a respectful human moderate amount and take two three months to finish it and i fucking knew that that was not gonna happen (laughs) uh path two stop playing the game right now and never play it again not finish the game step three which is the or path three i don't know what i said for two but these are all different options uh fucking white knuckle it and just finish the game as quickly as possible (laughs) and then just move the fuck on with my life which is what i've done and i'm now on like day two of moving on and i will say it's very nice to be free of the game um although i did have a great time playing it and my favorite times were when i was playing with my roommate uh daniel who hopefully i'll have on this podcast at a certain point and he had played the game before, and so he would kind of, like, give me hints and stuff and, and help me through it. There's a lot of puzzles and Zelda, and uh, it was really great. Like, I felt like we were bonding and connecting, and so there's a part of my brain that wants to be like, video game's bad, but I don't think that that's true. I've had a lot of beautiful, profound experiences playing video games, and uh, including this one. Um, and, like, you have this really deep relationship with it because you play games for so long, and you're like literally in you know you're in the story you know you're like walking around. i mean it's like the same narrative you know and you're triggering cutscenes, but ah, you're so involved it's so beautiful um i love it a lot and so he would usually stay up with me until like one you know so that's you know that's a lot of game play uh eight to one what's that five hours um which sometimes I play for two hours, sometimes I play for three hours, but sometimes I play for five hours. Just and then Daniel would, you know, go to bed, and then I would stay up to ungodly hours. Sometimes three, sometimes four, sometimes five, sometimes fucking seven in the morning, guys. You know, and where I would look at the clock, and it would be two a.m., and I would think to myself, "I'm gonna go to bed at two thirty," and then. It would be seven in the morning. It was 
scary a little bit. Um, ultimately, there are a lot more dangerous vices out there, you know? Um, Jeff Tweedy once described playing guitar as spending time with yourself and not hurting anyone. Um, so that was nice. I mean, I wasn't able to participate fully in my relationships and, uh, in those weeks I was kind of showing up to stuff like, you know, like to my job and, you know, canceling hangs and stuff like that. And I, I, was, I was showing up to my job, like really tired and just like kind of getting through it. And I don't know, there's something about that controlled chaos that's so comforting, you know, where you're just like, oh, I'm so fucked up right now, dude. I just I'm tired of playing Zelda all night. All I gotta do is get through the day. And like, that's it. And then in a way that's like kind of easy, you know? Uh, so you like start a little fire and then you got to put the fire out. Boom. Firefighter purpose done. You know <laughs> what happens when, uh, all the little fires around you are out and you're like, Oh shit. Now I got to fight the big fires. And the thing is the fucking game is all about like, you know, not you're not slaying dragons in the game, but I guess like proverbially you're slaying dragons, you know? You, uh, and so it was kind of beautiful. I was like, oh my God, this game like gives me steps and I fucking like slowly solve problems and I eventually like fucking, you know, save the world. Like, whoa, I can fucking actually get shit done in my life, <laughs> you know, and, and like slowly train and, and with the support of your friends. Cause in the game, your friends support you from a hundred years ago, they died. And then they're like spirits come back and like give you special powers and like help you fight the big bag at the end. So beautiful. But yeah, dude, like I can take support from my friends and like, you know, at the beginning of the game, if you had to fight Ganondorf, damn, that'd be fucking, uh, or Ganon, excuse me. That'd be fucking super hard. But step by step, blah, blah, blah. Basically, I learned a lot from Zelda, but also I fucking <laughs> spent, you know, probably 60, 70 hours playing this game. Who knows? I don't want to know the statistic. Anyway, it's over now, and I'm in this period of sort of self-reflection, just sort of figuring out what my quests are. You know, the, the game has all these main quests and all these side quests, and so just trying to figure out, fuck, dude, what are my quests? You know? What are your quests? You know? What are the side quests? What are the main quests? What's going on with you? What dragons are you trying to slay, dog? Yeah. Anyways, it's important to remember that, like, dark times, you, like, want to not reach out to anyone. <laughs> and part of you, like, want, you're just, like, fucking, like, okay, like, fucking, let's go down with the fucking ship, you know? For some of us. Uh, and it's just important to know that it doesn't always have to be that way, you know? Um, and it's not going to always be that way. And that there is a way through, you know? And also, video games can be really fun. And I had a lot of good times with my friends when I was playing this one game. Uh, and I also fucking, you know, whatever. It's over now. Anyways, back to the podcast. Um, yeah, on this episode, Haley Bowers, one of my sweet friends for a long time. We went to college together. Uh, songwriting. Uh comrade you know we were in the in the trenches together in school 
playing music, uh, performance classes and in these songwriting classes. And it's a really special time of just like sharing your work and like finding your voice as an artist, you know, which, you know, I'm still, still doing for sure. And we talk about that a little bit on this podcast. We also talk about self care. We talk about relationships. We talk about freaking walking around being a person, heart stuff. Haley is, uh, so nice and kind and, uh, she's very committed to working on herself and it's very inspiring. And we often talk about our various neuroses together and uh i feel like she just brings a lot of light into this realm uh and so i'm excited for you guys to like hear this chat because i think she's really fun and positive and real and uh yeah without further ado uh here's my wonderful friend Haley. you can follow her at Haley bowers music h-e-l-e-i-g-h b-o-w-e-r-s at Haley bowers I believe is her Instagram handle. Uh, also look up her music online. Wherever you find music, it's really good. Okay, guys, I love you. We don't have any sponsors because we're a fucking real podcast, okay? Fucking no money, no bullshit, just fucking people and love. Just kidding. If you want to sponsor me, straight up text me or email me. You'll figure it out. I love you. Everyone here is great. Hooray! Haley Bowers! Mackins. I like that. Mackins. your new intro music. That's incredible. I'll put it at the top of the podcast. Cool, cool, cool. How is your day going? You already told me, but I want to know on the recording. Okay. So, recorded version of my day. I woke up in um, the house that I live in. I had an amazing conversation with the grandma that I live with. Not my grandma. We talked about parenting. Well, at eight in the morning. <laughs> how I know you live with your boyfriend's grandmother. I do. And you started living with this grandmother before you, when this boyfriend were officially dating? Question yes. mark. Yep. Word. Period. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was. Yeah, it was so great because I was just looking for a place to live, and you know, struggling musician things trying to figure out the cheapest options for me without I don't know living out of my car fully yeah um and yeah his his grandma has like this beautiful place in Silver Lake nice she lives in it alone how far was the drive to here from there well I did come from swimming you came from swimming in Pasadena so but that was only a 20 minute drive nice but it's about it's about 10 minutes away from here Nice. Yeah, right in the heart of Silver Lake. She's lived there for like 65 years. Incredible. It's really beautiful. She's a cool person. Word. You and your boyfriend. I know this. I'm catching the audience up on this. Okay. Sam. Yes. Is the name of the boyfriend. You guys were friends before you started dating. Yes, we were. And so he was like, how did the, how did you, hey, do you want to live with my grandma situation happen? It happened because I was basically pulling out of the house that I lived in before and I saw some guy trying to get into the house. 
And I was like, oh, man, that's not cool. Um, the house then, that you were living? Yeah. Oh. So felt were, a little mm. uncomfy about yeah. that. And then I told him, we were f- friends at the time, and I was like, this is really uh, stressing me out. I don't know where I'm going to live. And at first he was like, well. You saw someone breaking into the, the, the house? Like trying to, like, he like pretended to round the corner and I went to like turn, but then I stopped because I had this weird feeling. Yeah. And he came back and like tried the back. Oh, shit. And was like scoping it out. You don't live here. So I was like, mm, all right. Zonix. So I told him and I was like, yeah, I don't really feel the best about that. Yeah. And he was like, well, let me talk to my grandma. Nice. And I was like, all right. And yeah, and she's an awesome lady. How has living with this grandma been? So cool. Yeah. So cool. She has like, she's like one of those, I mean, every time I talk to her, I'm like, I hope I'm you when I'm your age. Cause she's mm. like, she's like 85, I believe, give or take. And she is just killing it. She's like an advocate for elderly rights and like works very actively in a senior home and goes to like all these community meetings essentially and talks about like the impacts of community decisions on on the elderly and like talks about ageism and stuff like that she's really involved she reads every newspaper she's up to date on current events she every day from four to six We'll eat dinner and watch BBC and PBS. And it's just like super, she's super informed. She's super um, engaged with the world around her and really passionate about like teaching about quality of life. And it's really inspiring. That's incredible. Yeah, she's a she's a cool lady. It's like one of those things like, yeah, casual breakfast with Stephanie and she wants to talk about parenting and nature versus nurture. I'm like, I'm all in. I just finished a Brené Brown book. Let's chat. It's great. Hell yeah. Yeah. What was this conversation about parenting? We were basically talking about like the concept of So in I just finished Daring Greatly. By Brene Brown? Yes, I did. I have not read it. It's a great one. I'll let you borrow it if you're interested. Very down. But there's a section she talks about uh, vulnerability in parenting and essentially is like everyone reads every parenting book and takes everyone's criticisms so like heavily. There's all this drama around how to parent correctly. But at the end of the day, the best, if if you want your kid to be a certain way, you have to embody it. So... Mm. Whether it's like, I, I want, it's, it's not even perfection, but like, I want my kid to be able to face challenges with vulnerability and acceptance. And they look to their parents for those, those examples. So I thought we, I mean, we just got into this random conversation about it, but it was cool to hear her thought on like, biologically there's tendencies, but mainly it's just this experience of a relationship between a parent and a child and like Mm. what it's like to be seen and understood by a parent and how special that is and um yeah that I mean that's something that Brene Brown talks about too and she was like a teacher not well Brene Brown is a teacher but Stephanie is a teacher and I believe went into social work so she's very into interpersonal relationships yeah um 
but it was it was cool to hear her perspective on like connection and and that kind of stuff but yeah i like her i'm a fan that's fucking tight yeah she's cool she's a cool lady i wish i uh it's it's funny because i know her schedule down to a t does she have a pretty fixed routine oh yeah like Mm. 6 a.m wake up she'll have breakfast and like read the newspaper right and then she does work from like 8 a.m till four she'll like take breaks for lunch whatever and then four o'clock to six is her pbs bbc time word and then i guess she i think she reads from like six to eight and then she goes to sleep at like eight or nine it's just very regimented and cool like i wish i could uh hold that kind of schedule but Mm. alas my life does not allow it (laughs) what do you have a routine do you have a rolling flexible thing or yeah I mean it's hard as a freelancer yes it's incredibly difficult because I'm also a control freak I like thrive on control oh yeah so like writing out a schedule and being like I'm gonna do this every single day and it's gonna mean that I will face no challenges in my life oh yeah it gets me hyped yeah I can take up all the white space on my iCal so pumped and then like I make little three by five cars I'm like have you taken care of your mind body soul today like Nice. Doing some, I don't know, makes me feel like I have control over my life. But I, yeah, I'm definitely brought into a space of like, oh, no, I don't. I like that's the control in terms of scheduling and routine lets me down a lot. Mm. So I have to kind of lean into the gray area, like have a routine that can be a little bit lenient. And Mm. knowing that like, like I did this thing yesterday where instead of like planning out my whole week, I just thought about like, what am I going to do tomorrow? Word. And what's tomorrow morning going to look like? Instead of like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to wake up at 7.30 (laughs) a.m. It's just, yeah. And that's, it's cool to be in a place in my life where I can look at that. Instead of looking at that as ambition, I can like kind of see it for what it is, which is like just control and like trying to. Yeah control but um i definitely think routines are valuable but when they become like the thing Mm. that your whole life is surrounded around routine like you have no wiggle room for the reality of life which is Mm. so crazy in and of itself or like wiggle room for relationships and what that looks like right because i mean you're investing time into the people around you. You can't just be like, oh, sorry, I can't go uh, see your show because I have to wake up at six tomorrow <laughs> to make sure I hit the right. gym. Like, right. That's just a shitty way to live. But yeah. 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 It's interesting because like, I definitely will notice that it for me can become a form of self abuse of like, let me set this crazy high bar. Yeah. And then when I don't meet it, I get to punch myself in the face really hard. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Totally. And it's, it's kind of this double-edged sword, too, because I see these, like, I'll follow different holistic therapists and stuff on Instagram, and they'll be like, keep one promise to yourself as a form of self-compassion and reestablishing trust. And then that just makes me feel like shit about myself, because then I'm like, yeah. my one promise is that I have to wake up every single morning <laughs> at, like, 7. Right. Um, so it is a it is a thing of, like finding little things to do for yourself and showing up for yourself, but like yeah, balancing that out. Totally. Um, yeah. Like reasonable goals. Yeah. 
And I Huge. don't have a good barometer for that. Me neither, dog. I'm just like, this is going to solve my life. <laughs> Let me do this every day. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Because like in so many ways, like self-improvement, fucking great. That's mm-hmm. so cool. I wish, you know, if uh, some people, you know, like what if Donald Trump got up every day and was like, <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> like, how can I show up for the members of my community today? Could you imagine <laughs> Be a gratitude Trump journal <laughs> meditating? <laughs> Could you just imagine that? What if he came out and he was like, "I love Brene Brown," <laughs> and he was like, "I, I meditate every, every morning for twenty-five minutes." I would give it up. <laughs> I would stop meditating. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, "That doesn't work." He's like, "I watch my thoughts float on by <laughs> huge rivers full of thoughts." <laughs> oh no. Um. I'm reading this book right now. It's uh-huh. called The Yoga of Eating. Ooh. And it's like a it's like a book about eating and stuff. Um but Is it's, it like mindful eating? Yes, I think that's the premise of the book. Okay. But it's not like eat this, don't eat this. Right. It's like let's talk about eating and what how we do it and why we do it and Yeah. And so I've only read like the first chapter. The first chapter is about willpower. And mm. it's like oh, we think that like are like left like unregulated we are bad (laughs) you know and that we need willpower like we don't trust ourselves like a lot of that designing a very specific like regimented thing is like oh i don't trust myself you know and like so i need to like exercise willpower or else i will Mm -hmm. do bad things Mm -hmm. and so i've been just in the last couple of days trying to view self-improvement as a I don't trust myself thing. Mm. And it's like, oh, that's really interesting that yeah. I like have such a little faith in myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Obviously, double-edged sword. Obviously, like, you know, taking steps to be a better person is cool and totally. But it can it can definitely become fucking intense. Yeah. Have you found <laughs> that like that book? His I'm on page 12. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's been as a disclaimer. <laughs> Just as a preface. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Classic me like, oh, yeah, you know, talk no, about a book I, that I've <laughs> 10 pages. Of. Honestly, I was 15 pages into Brene Brown. And I was like, I'm a vulnerability expert now. Yes. <laughs> Watch me face the world. <laughs> yeah. Mindful eating is so. um interesting to me it's like a very interesting concept because i have my fair share of like eating disorder eating control things Mm -hmm. so the concept of mindful eating is so foreign to me word so like the idea of my brain making those (laughs) types of decisions it's exactly what you said like i can't Mm. like it feels like i can't trust myself with that yeah it's it's to the extent like definitely recovering fully from it in a like cool way that I never thought was possible. So that's awesome. But there's still like control things of like, these are the things that I buy on my grocery list. Right. The end, like these are foods that I know are safe and having like that kind of net. Yeah. Makes, um, which can be like hugely positive. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I just, yeah, I, I, I tend to, that's something I'm working on with my therapist, actually. Shout out to therapy. Thank God. Um, she's, yeah, we're working on a, that concept of 
looking at things in a positive light. Because I'm like, ah, that's wrong. I should now buy chicken nuggets every single time I'm at the store. Right. But yeah, I guess it's not a bad thing. But Mm. there, yeah, there is a grain of like, this is what's safe for me. Yeah. And then the end and nothing else is safe for me. Right. I think that's like something to put a finger to the pulse of. Like, maybe there are some things that are safe as well. Does food stress you out? It used to stress me out a lot more than it does now. Heck yeah. Yeah. Now how, how did you get to the place? How did you get better at that? So I'm in a recovery program for it. Word. So I, I mean, I got better because I'm, I'm surrounded by people that know exactly what I'm going through. And Type. I can like call someone and be like, I'm scared to eat a sandwich. And they'll be like, yeah, same. And we just yeah. kind of laugh about it. It's like funny. And then they're like, go and eat that sandwich. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm going to eat a sandwich. Mm. But I mean, if I call someone else that doesn't have that kind of complex, it's like, what the fuck? Like, it's just a sandwich. Right. But in my brain, I'm like, this isn't a sandwich. This is my worth. Like, <laughs> if I eat this sandwich, that means I'm going to look like a completely different person. Because I used to be at a point in my disease where if I had anything like carby or bad, quote unquote, whatever the world has deemed bad, which is bullshit in and of itself, but... I used to, my body dysmorphia was so bad that I would Mm. view myself as like, I've just gained 35 pounds and feel so shit about myself. And then when Mm. I started working this program and meeting people who felt the same way, that stopped. Like I would call people and be like, yeah, I'm struggling with this. I feel like I look that way. And they'd be like, I get it. I feel that way too. Maybe just don't look in the mirror today. Mm. I'm like, oh, that's an option. Mm. <laughs> I can just not. I can be like, yeah, today's going to be a rough one. Maybe tomorrow won't be. But today I'm just like, not going to do that. Yeah. So that's been super healing for me. There's still a ways to go, but there's always a ways to go. So. Right. Whatever. But for you, a huge part of the healing process was like finding a community of people that had been there and like reaching yeah. out. Yeah, and admitting, like, having a problem in the first place, like, Word. and being like, yeah, my life is unmanageable, like, there are things in my life I, like, I, my social situations, I wouldn't go because I would know that certain foods would be there, or, like, I would feel so shitty about myself for eating some other food that I couldn't be around people, mm. or I'm I'm just not going to go grocery shopping for the next two weeks, and I'll MacGyver, like, tiny meals and make it work but it's just it's all it's all the control mechanism so I really found healing in one honestly just figuring out like this doesn't work for me and I don't want my life to be like I don't want the the center of my universe to be food issues and body issues because that Mm. is a hard it's been a hard way to live yeah it's cool to be like now that is cool that takes like a lot of strength to decide that that's not what you want like that cycle of suffering yeah it's kind of like strength and weakness Mm. (laughs) it's it takes a lot of like it took me like I was passing out like passing out from anxiety and not enough food yeah and I I was like wow this sucks this is my full rock bottom I feel like and then I just like walked into a room and it, there were four people there and I was like, this place is weird. 
I'm not this. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know what like brought me to other rooms or like kept me like. Yeah. I have no clue. Even to this day, I think about it. I'm like, I that first step was so weird for me, but I just kept doing it because everything else didn't work. I was like, there are certain outside weight loss programs that didn't work. My me trying to control things with food just doesn't work. Just progressively gets worse and worse so like mm. let's try and break the cycle a little bit so it was like strength and weakness i think mm. the stre- this acknowledgement of strength is like the keep coming back like i kept going and that's a good weight i that's like a pat myself on the back but it definitely was my yeah, weakness yeah. that brought me there for sure too mm. <laughs> it's an interesting thing the way your headphones are on your head right now makes it look like you have short hair and it's cool really yeah. Maybe I should cut my hair. Do you see what I'm, I'm like seeing myself? Do you see it in, this, in the in computer, computer monitor? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It looks like you have like a short hair cool thing. I should really chop it off. You ever think about that? Oh yeah. I mean, first time I cut my hair, I was hungover. I was with my parents at a French restaurant and my mm. hair had like fallen a certain way. My mom took a picture and she's like, You should cut your hair short and then that weekend. Chopped it all off. Yes. Fun fact. Yeah. I still remember. It's like one of those weird visceral memories. Why are haircuts so like emotional and cathartic? They're so def- Have you had a haircut that you were like, this is my new, this is me? I've personally shaved my own head yes. two times. Yes. <laughs> that sounds so liberating. It was fun. I was also very, pretty depressed, but it was like a healthy way to channel it, you know? Yeah. It was like, here's something non-destructive that feels destructive right that i was like oh like oh change i can change this up and have this little right. transformation moment you know oh yeah i mean like i have my britney spears moment yes yeah. i for sure considered shaving my head yeah I thought about it but like it's it is such a commitment i think as a woman too it's like probably more extreme of a choice yeah it is an extreme choice and like I think it's so cool when people, I I know a lot of people that were like, I did it because I was super attached to my hair and I thought it was like my only cool thing about me. So I, I wanted to like find a way to, to define myself outside of it, which I respect. I think that's cool. Respect Uh, to those monks that only shave the top of their hair and look like so dumb. I need to see a picture of that. Like, do you know this? Like old Christian monks? No, it's like literally just the top circle. Oh, right, 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 right. Like Franciscan monks. Yes. Oh. Is that why they did that? God bless. Were they uh, just like, we're gonna like make the du- pick the dumbest haircut so that, so we... that we're not attached? Because <laughs> we know we're gonna or look did so they, stupid. Or did they think it was sick? <laughs> Honestly, I feel like it was one of those delusional moments where they were like, we're gonna start a trend. <laughs> This is going to be so cool. Guys, have you seen Benjamin Franklin? It's awesome. This is going to be great. (laughs) We're going to take over the world with our weird bowl cuts. You were coloring your hair for a while. Yeah. In college, I actually went through this phase um, where I would buy purple hair dye from like the local Sally's Beauty. And I would take handfuls of it and just put it in my hair. And it was just purple hair dye. And then it would become this gradient across the week. Like it would be dark, mm. barney purple. Yeah. And then it would slowly fade. And then it was like a, a 
continual metamorphosis than the next yeah. week it would start all over again that sounds fun it was fun it, it was just very like indicative of the identity crisis i was going through at the time word i was like purple hair that's my uh that's my jam i yeah. guess yeah. yeah identity crisis can be a little fun it was a little fun yeah i was like this is this is real this is me i have gradient purple hair and it changes every single day. So, <laughs> ha ha, fuck you all. <laughs> like, this is my power. I'm embodying it. You said you went swimming today? I did go swimming today. How was that? It was awesome. So, I used to swim in high school. And then swim meets just gave me so much anxiety that I was like, yeah. Hey, coach, let's, let's get to it. You know, I'm not going to be an Olympic swimmer. You and I both know that. So uh, can I just swim for exercise and, like, do something else at swim meets? And he's like, yeah, you can announce and sing the national anthem. I was like, sweet. Shout out to Coach Mal. He's the best. But I haven't been doing it for a while, and I just kind of signed up for a membership because I hate running. Shouts out to high school you for, like, taking control of that situation Honestly, and, like, finding, like, a really dope work through. Like, Yes. That's cool. I need, <laughs> I need to lean into that personality. <laughs> Because I really found my middle ground. Yeah, you're like, let's make this work for me. I remember being horrified at the comment, like, so ridden with anxiety before. I was like, this man's going to hate me. And he was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, didn't care at all. Knew I wasn't a fast swimmer, so it didn't matter. Um, Very cool. Yeah, it's a cool, I mean, I've been trying to find non-harmful ways to, like, be mindful in my body. Because I've I like as I've been recovering from food stuff and like figuring out what works for me exercise wise and gyms just don't it. I tried it and it's just like there's this aggressive overtone of like we're all going to become something and we're going to be the lead of the world and look like Greek gods and goddesses. And I just like don't fuck with that. It's it's like my body dysmorphia gets worse after one day at the gym. Yeah. I'm like, why haven't I changed yet? <laughs> like, it's just like, I don't know. I have these crazy expectations, but. Totally. I don't know. I've just been going to the pool for two days now. Yesterday was the first day. Yes. And I was like super nerdy too. I was like telling everyone it was my first yeah, day back. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, don't judge me. I forgot how to flip turn. Um, But it's beautiful. It's like this really interesting experience with my, uh, with my body where I feel really present. Nice. Because like. I mean, I can't listen to podcasts in the water. Yeah, and that's huge. Crazy and frustrating, but also like, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my body can like move this way, and like some feeling of like stretching your arm out and like yeah. feeling the length is kind of like yoga. Like, oh yeah, you're understanding your body in different ways, and like walking out and feeling like jello and realizing like, yeah, oh, I actually like did something too. Like, yeah. it wasn't just like a mental thing. So uh, I think, being underwater. Is the coolest thing. It is. I, oh wait, what, okay, don't make fun of me for this. I will not. What sign are you? I'm an uh, Leo Virgo cusp. Okay, okay. Because. I think astrology is very fun. Okay, cool, cool, And I cool. think it's, if anything, it's a useful exercise in projection, you know? Right. <laughs> Why not? Why not choose a specific prism and see what your mind, con- dots it connects, you know? Yes, that's true. What so I'm curious why you asked that. Like, what were you thinking? Like, oh, are you this way? Yeah, I was thinking like maybe he's a water sign. Oh, maybe he likes water. I don't know what element my signs are. Leo, I believe Leo's an 
oh gosh, all the people will, the astrological people will comment and hate. Big me. astrological community that listens to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I can I can just feel the <laughs> the hate in the future. Um, I think Leo's an Earth sign. I think Leo and Virgo are Earth signs. Tight, 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 tight. I don't know. I'm a Pisces, so I like to think that maybe my water obsession, or I feel like so energetic after I get out of the pool. I'm like, yeah. This is my freedom because I'm a fish sign. Yes. <laughs> Probably it's not, but like, whatever. Mm. Mm. Still makes me feel better. Whenever I'm like submerged underneath water entirely, I'm like, this is a very specific feeling that we don't feel yeah. a lot, you know? Because it's like weightless, but yeah. also weighted because you don't hear anything yeah so it's almost like this weird i'm like such a huge fan of paradoxes i will find them in anything it's really yeah. weird but like that feels like such a heavy paradox you're like floating but also like feeling the weight of not hearing anything and mm. being like so like i'm right here in this moment you ever done a uh excuse me while i'm burping <laughs> you ever done a sensory deprivation tank this just became the Joe Rogan no. podcast. What is that? It's basically like uh, these big, they look like big fridges. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's like different kinds of them, but the ones I went in, um, it's like a big fridge. Okay. And you go in and it's like the water is like the same temperature as the air. Hmm. And it's like, there's like a bunch of Epsom salt in it or whatever. So you float um, and there's like no light and no sound. And eventually, like, your body acclimates to the temperature of the water. So you essentially have zero sensory input. Whoa. I mean, you can still, like, hear yourself breathe and shit. And right. if you splash around in the water. So it's not really right. full sensory deprivation. But it's a lot. But it's a lot. You go in there for, some people do, an hour. Wow. You know? It's pretty wild. That's like a, I went with a friend that was uh, dropping acid in there. Oh, wow. And I was like, respect to that path. That sounds like... There's not the path I'm on. That sounds like a massively um, interesting experience. Yeah. Sounds like it could could backfire. Could go really poorly. That's his thing. He's a bit of a psychonaut, you know? Cool. He's exploring that. Yeah. I. That's not my path. It's know? not mine either. I... I'm scared. Too scared. I have too much anxiety about like, <laughs> everything. Yeah. So it's just like, mm, that would probably end poorly. Yeah. I'm also like on a lot of antidepressants mm -hmm. and like I don't, from what I've heard, those don't interact well with psychedelics. Interesting. Um, yeah. I, I just feel like that would go so, I feel like I would have a panic attack. Other drug-related incidents have caused me to have panic attacks. Right. So I'm just like, I know the feeling of, like, passing out in waves. Right. And it's such a horrifying, like, out-of-control experience. And I'm yeah. Like, That's the control freak in me as well. I'm like, For sure. I don't know what's going to happen, so I'm not going to do it. Totally. Like, the devil's advocate part of my brain is like, yeah, well, maybe that control freak part of your brain needs to die. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's this other part. Part of me that's like, oh, I don't know, like, I don't know what I'm, what the trade-off is, you know? Right. Like, I don't know what I'm giving away. Right. Like, you know? I feel like there's, like, an experience in life where you're like, yeah, you're not going to know what's going to happen and you can't control everything that happens in life. But at least you know, like, kind of where your brain's at through all of that and right. how you, like, baseline might interact with the world. But I feel like 
if I was on psychedelics and trying to interact yeah. with the world, I'm like, I don't know where my brain's going to be at. I don't know what hidden corridors are going to be like yeah. flung open. Right. Yeah. Maybe like I want to explore those corridors with like, you know, my feet firmly on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> In a therapist's office. Right. Yeah. <laughs> slowly opening the door. Yeah. But I love hearing about people's experiences. Yeah. It's you know? really cool. I mean... From what I've heard, it sounds like it works for a lot of people. And, like, I know a lot of people are into microdosing right now, and that's helpful for anxiety and stuff. I haven't mm. really done a lot of digging on it, but I'm also, like, super cheap. Right. So, like, the idea yeah. of, like, going out and... How much does one acid cost? <laughs> <laughs> Five bucks? How much does a single weed cost? <laughs> <laughs> one weed, please. One, one just walks up to a dispensary. Can I have one weed? Mm, should I get two? I'll get two weeds. Get me three of your finest <laughs> weeds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know the prices of drugs. Yeah, I don't either. I'm just assuming, like, I know what my shopping list price is at Whole Foods, and it's yeah. like, that's about my baseline of expenses that I can, right. like, go for. Mm. What do you go to at the grocery store? Okay. <clears throat> So I do this weird thing when I list food. I, like, move my arms. Do it. It just happens. Um, arugula. Boom. Huge one for me. Controversial. A lot of people don't like arugula. Really? Yeah. I feel like it's one of the most delicious, not grains, that's not even real. It's bread. I was going to say fruit, <laughs> too. I'm going to go across all the food groups until I get to vegetable. Love it. Um, arugula. Arugula. Eggs. Love it. Chicken sausage. Can we talk about eggs for a sec? Yeah. What kind of eggs do you get? Okay, so I recently switched to organic eggs. I was talking to my boyfriend's mother because I would get, like, cheap eggs because I was like, I need cheap, my, yeah, cheap totally. stuff. And she $1. was like. fifty or whatever? Yeah. She was like, you know what, though? Those chickens are probably having such a bad time. <laughs> yeah. She was like, she's like, dude, it's worth it. It's, like, worth the extra. Was she saying it was worth the extra for the chickens or for your personal for the chickens. For the chickens. That's yeah. what's up. I was like, I was like, all right, all right. I, I'm like, haven't done as much digging into that world. Like, I'm I know, sure there's a fucking listicle that's just like, this is what all the different egg things mean. Yeah. Because all of them make it seem like they exactly. are cool to the well, chickens. I told, <laughs> I told her, I was like, but I get like farm raised or whatever. Like, there's yeah. like a specific label that there's like, cage free plus. Yeah, cage free. There's I, pasture raised. I was like, yeah, I get cage free, and she was like, that doesn't mean that they're mm. treated well. And I was like, does organic mean that they're treated well, though? Like, do we know that? Yeah, how do we know but, these chickens are having a good time? Yeah, but I feel like, I don't know. I just re I recently was like, I'm going to do the organic thing. Nice. And then do some more research. I don't trust the cage-free anymore. <sighs> yeah, cool. That's exactly the conversation I wanted to have. <laughs> so that covers eggs? Word. How do you cook your eggs? Ooh, there's so many ways to cook an egg. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I really recently, if you ever watch those Epicurious, uh, or um, I'm sorry, Bon Appetit uh, YouTube videos. No. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Is this going to change my life? I. It's just my current obsession. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't even watch it for like, here's how to make this thing. It's yeah. just like, basically, the the test kitchen where the people that make the recipes for that, Yeah. they all have like little YouTube shows. Yes. And there's this one where... Uh, this guy, like, he's like, here's uh, every way to cook an egg. And he'll just, like, cook an egg, like, 75 different ways. Amazing. And uh, and then there's, like, one where this woman, Claire, tries to make gourmet versions of 
like junk foods like pop tarts or cheese heads cool. or snickers or skittles and i mean she succeeds every time i, I don't know why i said say, tries she's successful she's successful every time cool. and uh it's just like the journey of her like reading the ingredients and then like figuring out how to make it and then like wow. making it from scratch wow so you probably know more about egg preparation than i do at this point well i watched this one video <laughs> about all the different ways to do it i mean i can only get down to boiled hard boiled uh over easy over medium mm. omelets i've recently been exposed to the omelet making process yeah what a what a beautiful journey that has been what you throwing in that omelet Arugula. Nice. Arugula, feta, sometimes nice. bacon if I'm feeling very adventurous. Yes. Um, but I don't really buy a lot of bacon, but arugula and feta is a big one for nice. me. Word. Tight. Um, cool. Sick. Yeah. You know, all the things. Mm. What else is at the store? Uh, mm, what else do I get? I've been trying to do this gluten-free thing because nice. my stomach is revolting against me as I age. Um, it's literally that. Every day, it's just like, I, I hate you, is kind of what it's saying. So I'm trying to be all gentle with it. Um, so I get gluten-free stuff, like corn tortillas and all of that. And nice. I've been trying to, I did a spaghetti squash thing recently. Which uh, I was like, ooh, nice. check me out. I'm kind of Martha Stewarting it up. Um, that was the most experimental that I got. But generally, what ends up happening with my food is like, it's a combo of vegetable, grain, protein, all stir-fried together in a pan. Word. With, like, maybe a pasta sauce on it, which is gross. Or, like, a hummus. Which people thought... Sounds incredible. telling me it's disgusting, but, like... No, it sounds great. It's, it keeps me alive. You throw olive oil in there? Yeah. Sesame oil? What kind of oil is you throwing in there? Olive oil. Nice. All day, every day. You got an olive oil brand you like? Mmm, not really. Yeah. I haven't explored that field. I would say uh, Trader Joe's word. olive oil brand has served me well. Word, 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 word. So, do you have olive oil brands that you like? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard from people that like, I basically listen to this, <laughs> there's one podcast I listen to called Groceries. <laughs> You're the podcast king. <laughs> You're so damn great. right. It's so great. Everyone loves podcasts. I'm trying to surrender that part of my ego. Yeah, but also for a while where I was like, I love podcasts and snacks. I'm like, that's not personality, (laughs) Mackin. (laughs) (laughs) Like that was my Tinder profile for a while. It's like, oh, like hiking and television shows. (laughs) It's like, I like cool dude on the beach (laughs) and podcasts. I love that. And it's like true, but it's like I don't think that defines you in any way. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was listening to this one podcast called Groceries. Yeah. It's a premium podcast on this, like, one podcast network network that, like, you have to download, like, a separate app and, like, subscribe wow. to. And then you get all these, like, <laughs> specific shows. That's so committed. <sighs> I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I, bra- I've seen brag. your list. Oh, really? I've Oh, the one I sent Sam? Yeah. Yeah, I asked dude. him to send it to me because Hell yeah. I was just listening to My Favorite Murder. Word. And they just finished and wrapped their, like... For the summer, and I was like, dang, because I drive so much that, like, yeah, trying to find a new podcast to commit to. I, like, tried to find some psychology podcast and was very unsuccessful. They were all pretty dry. And then I listened to that teacher's podcast. That you, the teacher's lounge? Yeah. Yes, dude. Funny. 
I fucking love that podcast. Yeah, it's a goodie. Very weird. Very weird. Yeah. Just like four people on this improv team together that are just like kind of just really trying to make each other laugh. And they're like, yeah, they're breaking all the time. And I love that. Doing stuff. hardcore puns. That's like the the one thing I do for stress relief. One of the things is like Google bloopers from different shows. Incredible. I'm all season eight, the office bloopers. Like there's YouTube compilations that are like 20 minutes long. Just a pure injection of joy into yeah. your heart. Your life will be so much better. Watching people break it, character is kind of one of the best things. Oh, yeah. So I'm a big fan of that podcast. And then recently I've been listening to a podcast on infectious diseases. Yeah. What's it called? It's called This Podcast Will Kill You. Wow. It's pretty awesome. Nice. It's like, it's so interesting that podcasts just like, um, I thrive on information because I feel like if I know enough about the world, I can conquer it or something. Word. Whatever. Some philosophical thing that I should talk to my therapist about. But I, infectious diseases are interesting. Yeah. I mean, they talk about Ebola. They talk about yellow fever. They're talking about like, and it's been so cool to see like, my suburban education is so different than L.A.'s education. Interesting. Like my partner grew up in L.A., so he, we were talking about uh, smallpox and how basically, like, smallpox was used as one of these, like, the bioweapons, the original bioweapon to basically infect Native Americans. Mm. So how all the indigenous people, like, were... They were throwing blankets that were infected with smallpox. and Tragic. True. Tragic. Horrifying. And not taught in no. public school. So I was taught that they just like randomly caught these diseases from the Europeans. And it was all just one giant accident. And I was like, I was telling... I was telling my partner about it. I was like, this is so crazy. Do you know that they did this? And he was like, yeah, like they taught us that in school. Oh. I was like, whoa. I was just not informed about that at all. Like everything that had to do with, I guess most things that had to do with minority, like, um, what? what suppression? Is yeah. Genocide? Minority suppression and genocide. Yeah. Both words are fitting for this. Like, it wasn't realistically expressed to me. So hearing, yeah. I love this podcast because it talks about that a lot. It talks about like how disease prevention was mainly given to the wealthy and like talks about class systems and how we don't invest in completely treatable diseases in different parts of, of the world because it's just too expensive or something. And, it's just not, if it's not impacting us, then it's not important, which is wild. So it's been, that's been cool and educational for me to like kind of come face to face with my ignorance on some of these topics and get a little bit, become a better human, a little bit more informed. It's important. When did anxiety come into your life? Hmm. So I... I didn't really have a name for it for a while. I think uh, I had some of my first anxiety attacks. I moved to Missouri with my family when I was in first grade, maybe second grade. Where? From where? 
from Diamond Bar, actually. So I was in Southern California. Okay. I don't know where Diamond Bar live is. In the, live in the dream. It's, I don't even know what direction at this point. Um, cool, 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 cool. But like. Southern California. Southern California. Like 45 minutes away from Los Angeles. Right. And um, yeah, we moved to St. Louis. My dad's job kind of transferred us over there. And I had such bad anxiety. My mom was taking me to the hospital to get ultrasounds because my stomach was hurting so bad and nobody knew what it was. I didn't even know what it was, but I was just like, my stomach keeps hurting and I don't know how to stop it from hurting. And I had this like nervous tick where I would fold one arm, like one hand over my arm to the point where it was, it was like such a protection mechanism that in elementary school nurses would be like, does your arm hurt? I was like, no. It was just this thing that I did when I was anxious. Yeah. So I don't know if I like can necessarily put a finger on it. That was the first time that I like kind of saw it for like this phantom thing that hurt my stomach. Yeah. But I always felt a little fish out of watery with any community I was in that was like with, with kids my age. Yeah. Like I felt like this 50 year old from the moment that I was born. And that's kind of how my mom describes me, too. She was like, yeah, you were like the doctor right when you were born was like, this is the old soul one because I was a twin. Mm. So there was like. You're a twin. Yeah. Whoa, I didn't know that. You didn't know that. Whoa. Yeah, I have a twin brother. Whoa, tell me about your twin. He's crazy. He's cool. Um, Not to interrupt the anxiety story as well. I want to hear the rest of that. (laughs) But I'm curious about this twin. Yeah, he's awesome. Is this your only sibling? He is my. Well, I have an older sister. Okay. So she's two and a half years older than us. And um, he was born one minute before me, which is wild. So I'm the baby by a minute. And yeah, he's a, he's a cool, he's a cool cat. We were like best friends growing up. Word. And it's cool because I like talk to different twin friends that like a lot of people when they're the same gender twins, what I've noticed based on like conversations I've had with those people is that there's more conflict in the relationship like Mm. there's less of like this bond but with my brother and i we were just close from the get-go we didn't fight a lot at all we like had bunk beds (laughs) had that experience and we had a similar dream sometimes wow yeah and like emotion transfer which is super weird I don't know if it's necessarily emotion transfer or like this deep sense of empathy that's like right. visceral. But we when we moved back to California, like he was he was pretty upset the first day of school and I was fine. And then like an hour later, I was sobbing mm. out of the blue in one of my classes, just like uncontrollable. And I was doing OK. And then all of a sudden my brother was fine. So it was like we kind of swapped. which is cool and he had uh so he was born without a pulmonary valve so he's had two open heart surgeries whoa yeah his second one he was 15 16 and And you have all the heart pieces i have all the heart pieces um he yeah they basically picked up on it when my mom was still pregnant but they picked up on it as a like genetic disorder not as a heart defect and asked my mom if she wanted to abort one of the twins. Like, they were just like, he could, he's likely to have an issue. Would you like to abort him? And my mom was like, nah. Like, I want to keep both my babies and we'll see what happens and we'll go from there. Like, it's, that wow. was her decision. And so he was born without his pulmonary valve and 
Full Circle had his second surgery by the same doctor that gave him his surgery at 10 months old. Uh, so it was pretty awesome. But yeah, that evening I had a panic attack and he slept like a baby. And the next morning I was like sick as a dog. And it was interesting, really weird. And he was like fine. And then he wouldn't wake up for any doctors. They were like kind of concerned because he wasn't coming out of his anesthesia. Mm. And I like walked up and I grabbed his foot and I was like, all right, Eric, it's time to wake up now. And he opened his eyes. Wow. It's a very wild. So you guys have this cosmic link. We have a little 20 thing. That is tight. It's pretty cool. Does he have anxiety as well? He does. Yeah. Um, We both have, I think my whole family has anxiety to some degree. Word. I know that he struggled a lot post-surgery. I'm not entirely sure exactly what like that feeling is like, but there was a lot of PTSD mm. from that experience. Yeah. Very, and a surgery is very violent. Very violent. And I mean, they were just they've they were just experiment, experimenting with arthroscopic ways to have that surgery. What does that mean? It basically means that instead of opening the entire sternum and sawing the sternum, ah. it's just this tiny incision. Oh. And my parents were like, we don't want to risk that. It's too experimental still. So it was it was a pretty traumatic um, healing experience as well. Word. And um, yeah, so he, we both have been on this journey of anxiety for, yeah. for a little bit. I haven't checked on him recently to see if it's still an issue. But yeah, yeah, that was definitely, definitely a hard recovery season for sure. Yeah. I can't imagine. Have you found useful ways to manage your anxiety? Does it still kick you in the butt? Yeah. I mean, I still have. So I, it kicks me in the butt for sure. And I think a big part of that was as I was recovering from like control with eating, I stopped having coping mechanisms. Mm. So, which is a good thing and a bad, I mean, a good thing because I was my life was hard and so difficult with man trying to manage that. Um, but hard now because I'm facing a lot of the things that I used to like eat or starve over Mm -hmm. and it's in like real time trying to find solutions, um, to that causes a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of emotions that I haven't fully felt before that I'm feeling now. So I went through a season where I was like fully in detachment and I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I was talking to someone and having a separate conversation like in the back of my head. And there was like this, it was almost like this little tunnel Mm. and like I was at the back of it, but there was something speaking for me and it was a very odd feeling, Mm. super dissociated. And um, yeah, I think therapy helps me a lot having some sort of open communication not isolating is helpful for me yeah because when I isolate I start storytelling and then I become the victim in all of my stories so when I can kind of engage with the world around me that helps my anxiety I have CBD oil that helps um I cut out coffee for a while sometimes that helps but I think the CBD oil and then I have emergency like Xanax for if I start fully passing out. Right. Which happens mostly when I'm detaching. So if I go through seasons of like full detach, I just, I have this thought train that starts. That's like, it would be really inconvenient if you passed out right now. And then my body will start passing out. 
and I'll start mm. like seeing things and like my, my hands will go numb. Whoa. It's yeah. It's the, like seeing the black speckles of like, I'm Whoa. about to pass out. So there was like a week where it got so bad. Like every conversation I was having with someone that thought would start, but interesting. being able to identify that stuff has helped me doing writing. I should meditate more. I feel better after I do. The same way. We'll see. <laughs> Hopefully that happens more. I think this going into swimming and doing like a meditative mindful exercise might be helpful. So I'm curious to see if that um, makes an impact. But yeah. Have you had any success in that area? Meditating anxiety? Yeah. Just issues? like kind of steps forward in it or like some sort of solution or assuaging effect good word i love assuage assuage really rolls off the tongue (laughs) feels like what i want to do i assuage you (laughs) i my anxiety isn't like it's never been that like i feel like definitely depression has Mm. more real estate in my heart mind you know than anxiety does but anxiety is definitely there yeah it hasn't had as intense like physical manifestations for me ever Mm -hmm. you know like i don't think it's ever really like kept me from like i don't think it's you know i've never like passed out or really been like well like i have to like there's yeah. this i'm having a panic i've never, never had a panic attack or anything okay yeah um i'm just getting really anxious you know it's, yeah it's more of like just like a self-conscious just like lots of chatter in the mm. mind you know mm-hmm. Yeah, and I definitely think coffee makes it worse, but I drink coffee all the time. It's so yeah. fun. I love it. I know. <laughs> when I was off it, I was like, everything's fine. Black tea is great. I love tea. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't. That total denial of like, tea's fine. Tea's it's great. fine. Flower water? It's totally doing the fine. same. It's totally doing the same thing. It's fine. Hot, weirdly flavored water? <laughs> great. This is this is yeah. the solution. But yeah, when you're craving coffee, you're like, tea is bullshit i know <laughs> you're like fuck this book the, the only thing that saved my life when i was getting off of coffee was earl gray tea my friend quinn actually taught me this earl gray tea with like cream and sugar mm. and just making like an because it has like the same like sort of it's like less watery and it feels like you're drinking something that's a little bit more like coffee right that kind of helped me but it still was like, eh, it's not coffee, though. And I know yeah. I would feel better if I gave up coffee again. Yeah, I go through seasons where I give it up and yeah, then I'm, like, sleeping a little bit better yeah. and feeling a little more calm, but then, like, kind of, like, pretty sluggish, you know? Yes. I don't know if that's a word, but it sounds like I like sluggish. Sluggish. It's like sluggish, but like, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel that. I think also it depends on the literal season. Mm. Like, I didn't really buy into, I didn't know that much about seasonal affective disorder besides people posting memes about it. And then I was, I felt it. Like, my anxiety gets so bad in, like, fall, winter. Mm. And when we like entered a different like different seasons i was like oh it's nice outside and i want to be outside i want to be in a part of the world yeah and my anxiety lessened that's when i readopted coffee i was like see nice. look at how cool i didn't have one panic attack today <laughs> this is great yeah. yeah it's time for coffee again sometimes cough me like co- cough me cough me I think, I think coffee like gets me out of bed sometimes yeah and like if i'm just lying in my bed That'll be real anxious. 
know? Yeah, that's true too. Um, but I definitely noticed, like I was in a, I was working on some music yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, it's in a sesh with a guy. Mm-hmm. We were just, you know, in his little, uh, studio, maybe like half the size of this room. Yeah. Um, and we, this, the track was just playing the whole day. Yeah. And so it was like four or five hours of being in this tiny room mm. with like one loop pretty much. Woohoo. <laughs> and I like, I should have advocated for myself and been like, mm-hmm. I need to take a break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I didn't do that. Um, yeah. And so I noticed like if I'm working on something and I don't take breaks, I'll notice like the anxiety like slowly build up. Yeah. And then I like came home and I was like, I'm so fucking anxious and drained. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's been a huge thing that I've had to do in sessions because they last so long. You got to take breaks. You have to take breaks. And like. So hard. I'll just in the middle of a session sometimes be like, can we just step outside and just take a deep breath? Game changer. It's huge. It changes the whole vibe. And like. Yeah. It's. I remember Sam and I went to Japan and we did a session and it was nine hours long. Zonks. Just working on melody. Yeah. Well. No lyrics. And so my version of a break was like, I would excuse myself to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And that's a trick someone told me. They were like, no matter where you are, no one will say you can't go to the bathroom. And I was like, that's so true. She's like, you can be in the middle of an important board meeting and just be like, I'm so sorry. Can I use the restroom? Boom. And you just always get a break. So that helped me out a lot. Like, Hell yeah. Oh, refocusing the brain. Yeah. It's nerve wracking. It's nerve wracking, dude. No one tells you about that when you're making music. You're just going to like, and then also yeah. like the food thing. Some producers can just like go. I know. I get caught in that trap because it's kind of like romantic and sexy to be like, we're just going to fucking buckle down <laughs> and fucking fit, get it yeah. all done. Like, I don't know if it's like an American yeah. thing of like, the heroic Total. effort, you know, mm-hmm. of just like, I guess like I we gotta roll up art. our sleeves and fucking like, yeah. you know, put on another pot of coffee. We're fucking going it, yeah. you know. It's like I live off of coffee and passion. Yeah, I'll sleep when I die, yeah. kind of shit. And it's like, no, dude, you should sleep now. <laughs> also, like, I get so much more productive when I'm not starving. Oh yeah. The thing is, like, maybe that one session will be cool, but then I'll be fucking, a, like, a very grumpy piece of shit for the next three days. Yes. This one woman, I, I had this session. This woman walked in with, like, lunch and a snack, and she was, like, this Australian woman. She's, like, I honestly, like, producers, they just don't eat, and I don't understand it, so <laughs> I just bring stuff, and I just, like, I hope you, you guys don't mind, but I'm going to eat. And I was True like, wisdom. Good for you. So yeah. I'm kind of adopting that too. I just like bring food wherever I <laughs> go. So I'm, smart. I just get, I get hangry. I'm very like, yeah. Are you guys shitting me? Like, especially hour five of a loop. Oh my God. With like no lunch. I'm like, it's like, give me a sandwich, please. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. I can use your bathroom, Haley. I have to pause our conversation. Go for it. BRB. <laughs> Haley! Again. One thing. Oh, the thing from earlier. It's going to come back. I love it. I'm all about full circles. <laughs> I love it. I'm, a, I'm curious about, um, we've mentioned Sam a few times. Yes. 
Um, you guys work together. Yes. And you guys are dating. Yes. Explain. <laughs> <laughs> Explain how, why, when, what? How does um, it? Yeah. How does it? How does it work? Is that is that tricky? Is that difficult? Has it? It is tricky. I mean, because you, you guys were working together before. Yes. You started dating. Yeah, we were working together before. Um, it is a tricky thing. I think like the. Oh, yeah, there's no, like, right answer to that type of dynamic. Like, you just have to... I think we're both... The thing The thing that's cool is that, like, he's a very open and honest communicator, which is awesome, and I do my best to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's, it's cool to kind of set aside time of, like, this is the time that we're working, and then also intentional time of, like, hey, let's relate and connect to each other on this level versus like on a working level. And it is a difficult, I mean, it's a difficult thing because it just is. It's like tale as old as time. People warn you about that from the get go of like, don't date people that you work with. But I think we're like, we're getting to, I didn't just drop the microphone. That's okay. That was in a stand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're, I mean, we're getting to a a good balance of it, but it's a transition of like, of figuring that out and like making sure the balance is accurate in a way that like we're getting work done, but we also are feeling fulfilled in the relationship. And, and that's, I think with any type of work and personal relationship balance, it comes down to like making sure each person is expressing the needs and like, Mm where what they need in in each moment so that a balance can be established and there's it's something it's it's interesting it's like it's difficult and it's transitional but it's it's really cool because like I know that he's just the type of person that can is able to listen and communicate mm-hmm. and that's the biggest that like I couldn't imagine working and dating someone without having an open line of communication Hell yeah. and being able to be like, Hey, this is what I need. I need to not work right now. Mm. Like, and if, and knowing that like, if he needs to work, that doesn't mean I need to pout in a corner. Like that can also mean like I can go home and do something for myself at home. There's, I think that there's kind of this dynamic with a lot of relationships, not not even just romantic relationships, but even personal relationships of like when there's two conflicting needs in a moment of like, I need to do this, but I need to do this that like we have to like stubbornly hold the ground, but there are other options besides like one person conceding. Sometimes it's like, Mm. Oh, you need to work tonight. Like, all right, well I need to watch Gilmore girls tonight because I'm having a hard time. And knowing that those are valid, like, I was in a, a very abusive relationship before and mm. I found myself constantly putting my needs to the side. And the problem with that is like, it's a recipe for resentment and it's also a recipe for losing myself. Word. And that happened so severely and like still going through recovering from that. But yeah, it's really a beautiful situation when you have a person like Sam, who's like very, it's, it, once regardless of the baggage that I bring to the table he's just consistently there and he's like hey just want to let you know again like feel free to talk to me about this like Mm. and I'm not going to judge you 
or feel free not to. And having someone be like, feel free not to talk to me about this. Huge. It's huge. It's like, oh, I, I still have my autonomy as a human. Right. Which, Space. Exactly. Which is important with a relationship that's that involved with yeah. work. He's also my best friend. And like, yeah, that's crazy. It's just like such a, it's cool. It's a really cool thing. So it's to answer your question. It's rewarding and challenging, but it's more rewarding than challenging, I would say. Mm. It's cool. Yeah. That's fucking sick. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a cool dude. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I've gotten to become better friends with him over the course of this calendar year. Yeah, he loves you. Dude, I fucking love Sam. What a cool dude. (laughs) He's so cool. And we both love Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We binge-watched Avatar when we were in Japan. You did? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's great. It was a great experience because the Japanese Netflix has Avatar. Genius. Just so all you guys know when you're in Japan, (laughs) that's that's your opportunity to binge all of the seasons. We went through all the seasons in three weeks. So That sounds incredible. It was cool. And then he got an Avatar tattoo while we were there. His little lotus tile. Yeah, the white lotus. Mm-hmm. You want to know something fucking crazy that I was thinking about the other day? Yes. We call countries things that they don't call themselves, you know? I was just talking to <laughs> Sam about this. Fucking Have you talked to so, Sam about this? No. Or are you guys just on the same wavelength? That's cr- it's the most arrogant shit ever. Like, you're Germany. We're going to call you Germany. <laughs> when I, I can't even... We were talking about Germany <laughs> yesterday, and Sam was like, "Sam was like, like who made some, that up?" He's like, "Isn't it some bullshit that Germany is Deutschland and we're like Germany?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, it's the J- same." Japan, you're Japan. You're you must. Be What's Japan. your thing? You call yourself? No, 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 no. No, you're Japan. It's Japan. It's just like my my grandparents immigrated from the Netherlands, and we're like, "Nah, you're Holland." <laughs> <laughs> like, must be Holland. It's it's, it's so funny. Like it's, it's so I mean, it's ridiculous. tragic and it's like arrogant and it's like that just like, you know, let's, English like, people let's find something digestible. And yeah, they were just like, no, too hard because <laughs> <laughs> we don't deal with all countries, do we? Like, are there other are there other countries that call themselves their own things <sighs> like Mexico? They call it Mexico. Yeah. And we're just like Mexico. Japan. No. <laughs> Like, yeah. I don't know what Japan calls itself, but I don't think it's Japan. Yeah, it's, I don't, I'm not informed enough to know exactly, but we really just take matters into our own hands. That's wild. It's insane. It's really like, it's funny too, because we're like, the United States prides itself on being like the melting pot of diversity and like culture and everyone is welcome, which is like becoming increasingly not true. Um, it's so sad. And I it's funny how that's but that's the underlying theme is like everyone's welcome parentheses right <laughs> like, yeah but like, like Ellis Island be like here's what's your name no no <laughs> this is your name now no <laughs> sorry insane yeah it's really <laughs> wild it's really wild but like home of the, the land of the free home of the brave speaking of TV shows. Yeah. Because our time is short, there's a question I've been asking everyone recently. Okay. You I'm mentioned Gilmore Girls and we yes. mentioned Avatar. Yes. If your life was three TV shows, oh my gosh. what would your life be? Oh, geez. Did I ask you this the other night? You did. And I don't know if I... Okay. I think there were two for sure that I have. Gilmore Girls. I So I find myself that when I watch Gilmore Girls, I just feel like I'm wittier. I don't think that that's true. But the banter and the writing is so, like, quick that 
I would, I guess it's not like my life would be that. It's what I would strive for it to be. Like right. just being able to walk into a coffee shop and have witty banter with everyone around me. Beautiful. And a lot of independent women in that show, which I like super appreciate. And then I've been told that I have the same like crazy eyed look as Leslie Nope. So I would say Parks and Rec too. Like a lot of people are like, yeah, you're Leslie Nope. Like you're the like super over passionate about like one thing and like big eyed, like let's get them no matter what. And I was like, I'll take it. Like she's dope. She's very pure. Very pure. You're very pure. Thank you. Yeah. I love Amy Poehler too. She's just a magician. Um, Those are my two. I can't think of (sighs) spontaneously. What would my third one be? Um, probably some, no, it wouldn't be a reality TV show. I'm actually curious. What would you pick based on your outside your observation of, of me as wow. my third? Hmm. Let's get a little meta here. Hmm. Let me think about this for five seconds. Tables have turned. Hmm. I mean, the one that comes to mind, just because I just dropped a new season of it, is this show Glow. Have you seen this show Glow? I haven't. It's fucking great. I'm going to watch that. Great show. A lot of, uh, awesome. a lot of like, badass women cool. that are sort of, like, carving their own path. Well, that's awesome to Which be is associated how I think of you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate it. That's how I think of you, too. <laughs> that's my goal. Love it. Where can people find your music and stuff? Oh, yay. Um, we didn't talk about songs <laughs> writing a, at all. That's okay. That's cool. I'm like that. I like that that happens. I love that. Well, I'm a songwriter. But yeah, Haley also <laughs> writes incredible songs that all of you should listen to. If you're still listening to this podcast. Yeah, I'm um, I'm on Spotify and Apple Music, all that fun stuff. Um, I got a couple ways people have asked like about supporting and what that means. Yeah. So. What's the dopest way to... You know, like listening, following on the Spotify's and on the Instagrams is big. Um, I also have a Patreon in case people are interested in like supporting in that way. Like just look my name up on Patreon. Hell yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, and then I'm going to be releasing some stuff in the next couple months. Fingers crossed. So nice. Good to keep tabs on that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Do any shows coming up? I don't. I just finished the Troubadour. I played the Troubadour a couple weeks ago. Fuck yeah! And that was really cool, but it definitely left me reeling. I was like, "Whoa!" It was such a a prep based show. Yeah. Um, How'd it go? It went really well. We Fuck ended yeah. up selling out the venue. Incredible. Which was really cool and like really emotional and beautiful. And yeah, it felt like a full circle. Like I thought of myself as a ten year old looking at the moment. I was like, "Oh, crazy! Yeah. That's so wild." Um, That's went, tight. yeah, it went well. So I don't, I don't have any shows right now on the bill. I'm just playing a couple like smaller local songwriter nights or something. I'm looking at doing that, but soon and nice. following me on, on the good old Instagram will illuminate. Do when it. Dates come up. Follow her on Instagram. Follow her on Spotify. Donate to her Patreon. <laughs> thank, Haley, you. thank you so much for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me. I love you. I love you too.
Bis dann.